So uh, Steve S. says, I hear a lot of it's the ear, not the gear, but I don't hear anything about getting to know the strengths and weaknesses of what you have access to and the value of having experience with higher end gear and the potential time saving therein. Steve S.? Did I say Steve S? You said Steve S. Well, then it's Steve S. <laughs> it's Steve, for sure. Do Steve. we have to start over now? I think it's Steve B, right? It is Steve B. Okay. You're fine. I, I got too excited about the S's. We're at a minute 30. All right. So. Well, let's get, let's get cracking. Uh, also, shout out to our only Australian listener. That's uh, wild. I'm pretty sure it's Dan. And if it's Dan... Shoot me a message because I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, yeah, yeah, hit it. Hit it. Anything about uh, you know the strengths and weaknesses of the gear that you have? So I think that there's a lot you know to be said about that for sure. Uh, Steve B, um, just correcting myself again. But I think there's so much in uh, knowing what you've got, you know, and whether it's good and giant air quotes, you can't see them uh, or not, is kind of irrelevant. If it's what you have and what you can afford, there's nothing wrong with that. Tools, they're tools. They're just tools. Everything's just tools. The better, the better tool you have, sometimes the easier the job is. But I mean, they're just tools. If you if you can just afford some Behringer whatever stuff, then that's what you can afford. Well, and I think having tools and having no idea how to use them—that's a problem. That's a problem because yeah. then you either need to spend the time to learn how to use that tool. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and a lot of times in this world, that requires some experience too. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you just—it's just a thing sitting there. That's right. If you can't if you can't fully utilize that tool to its absolute, you know, advantages, then right. why bother? Absolutely. I mean, great records have been made with horrible equipment throughout history. I mean, David came in here talking about how he all these, you know, ideas of songs that actually ended up on records he just recorded. On yeah, a four on track, four track yeah, cassette, yeah. which I bought subsequently because I was like, well, if he says, <laughs> he literally was like, you should really get one of these. And I was like, well, this guy's got Grammys. I'm getting one. Sure. So. Well, and it's also kind of harkening back to that previous, uh, our previous episode where it's just commit to what you got. You know, like whether that's a piece of equipment or an idea or whatever, just commit to it. Um, there's, there's a lot of um, strength in that. There's a lot of freedom in that too. There's not a piece of gear out there that's going to make you a better songwriter, probably. No, not a better songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I could argue, though, having certain tools around helping me songwrite better. That's true. I know that seems like a strange statement, you know, but like the Wurlitzer, I write different on it. Yeah. But you can't. You can't say, oh, I can't write a song. But it didn't make a you a stronger songwriter. It just gives you access to songwriting differently. Yeah. And it's it's... Not again, it's one of those things. It's like you can't sit around and be like, Well, I don't have a Wurlitzer. It's like, So who cares? So, what you what got a MIDI you? keyboard? Yeah, what you've do you got, have? You've got a guitar, you've got your grandmother's piano. Who, who cares? At some point, you just got to jump in and do some stuff. I do remember being, and not too long ago, being of the um audience that was like, Well, yeah, easy for you to say because you have all the stuff, right? Right? To those people, what would you say? 
Um, I, I don't have a, I mean, I think great art or music or whatever rises to the top, regardless of what the, what it looks or sounds like, you know, um, th this is kind of like keeping up with the, the Smiths or whatever, you know, where it's just like, well, so-and-so has this, it's like, who, who, who cares? You know, um, my favorite records of the world sound terrible, terrible, but it's because the songs are great. So who cares? So you, it, there's an interesting dichotomy here because you don't want to make a terrible sounding record. No. So that's my job is to is to not make terrible sounding records. Right. People pay me money so that the records don't sound terrible. So what's the balance? Like, how do you get from I love these records that don't sound good to like I want to make records that sound good? Like, sure. What's the through but line? I'm also not an audiophile, so let's let's start with that. Like. I, if it sounds cool, I'm usually pretty good with it. But you know, th there are there are things that you know, Is traps that are that are avoidable, right? So yeah. uh, you know, I have EQs and things that can help solve that. But if if the vibe and everything is perfect on a four track cassette demo, then the four track cassette demo wins. Yeah, like I'm I'm not going to prioritize the way something sounds over the emotional feeling that I get out of it. You know, I would go I would go as far to say. That on my journey, it was less about what I had and more about where I was and who I was doing it with. Yeah, no, I think that's for sure. I feel like that is something I'd say, do you have the power to change your setting? If you do, right. change your setting. Try getting... Just get in your car and drive 30 minutes some direction and it'll change the way you think about anything. Well, but even on like a level of like where you create, like maybe... That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah maybe try... Okay, yeah. Yeah, you literally... it Hop a train, get on the subway, get in get in your car, whatever. Just disappear from your setting for, you know, you don't have to go far. Yeah. You know, this is one of my favorite things about living in New York is I could change my setting like that. Yeah. You know, so I was either in my apartment or I was at the studio or if I had some time off, I'd go to the park. You know, there's a million things you can do um, or just run up the street to an awesome restaurant, you know, especially something that's you know, not just traditional American food. Like all of a sudden now you've got new flavors and scents and, and people and language and everything around you changes. And that's a beautiful thing. So if you're saying all this, why, why, why buy gear? Why buy gear that's expensive? Why put the money? Yeah, that's the that's there. kind of the conundrum, especially right now. Where, I mean, I think we're in peak analog crazy. You know, where where things are just so ridiculously expensive, especially vintage equipment. Like it, it and I'm not really sure why. I you know, but think um, supply demand. I think the demand is going yeah, yeah, up, yeah. and the supply is decreasing so i get it there's 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 the boomers out there who are like you know hearkening back to they want that 1176 and they're willing to pay ten thousand dollars for it or I mean, i'd pay a lot of money for an ampex 651 but i'm not gonna pay the kind of money that 351 want. yeah 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 sorry 351 yeah. well there you go right there yeah <laughs> like, exactly i am ignorant well i know what they are i just can't well sure sure no. uh, you, you had the two models confused the two cool ones but um yeah the there's just yeah, it's insane, and there's so many other people making, you know, equivalent pieces pieces of gear for considerably less money too. So, um, and that I'm sure is a highly contested thing. But at some point, you know, if it does the job and does the job well, I don't really care what badge it has on it. You know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this is why like crappy uh, effects pedals are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you never know what you're gonna get, and especially in the reamping world, like now I can run a vocal through it. I can do whatever. There's a million things you can do, and that yeah. can be really creative. I mean. I, I would say one of the most creative things, and I, and I definitely got into this when I was teaching, um, I had students build reamp boxes, just because if you don't have any money, you can still go to a pawn shop and pick up a, a crappy boss pedal for 30, 40, 50 bucks, right? Yeah. It's cheaper than a plug-in. And some, and some uh, cables. Yeah, exactly. And you can build a reamp for, what, 100 bucks maybe off a kit, like a, one of the DIY RE the DIY recording equipment. Mm -hmm. um, they make amazing kits that you can buy and build. Um, yeah, and then it's just a conversion cable coming out of your interface. Boom. You're done. Yeah. And now you have access to a whole world of things. And if even if you're not a guitar player, let's say you're a you're a hip hop you know, like producer guy, like that's awesome. Branch out and do some shit that, that nobody else is doing. You know, that that's super cool. Yeah, like run yeah. your, you know, run tracks through, you know, filters and effects and yeah. All kinds of stuff and print it back in. Print it back in and now it's audio. Now fuss with it however you want. Chop it up. Do whatever you need to do. There's yeah. so much in taking whatever you've got right now and not having to spend a lot of money and be able to make really amazing things. And especially with the computer world. Yeah. Like you this is this is the counter argument to the our, our other episode in that way of just saying you've got MIDI, make stuff. You have good sounding samples, you have good sounding uh stock instruments use them, you know, but just run them through other weirdness. I have gotten further and further away from buying software of any type. Oh my god, yeah, if I have to buy another plugin, I I'm going to lose my mind. I've got every plugin I could need and there's certainly more I could have. I cannot for the life of me pull the trigger on a plugin anymore. It's so hard. I don't I would rather have something an asset I right. would I would rather have you know something in my 500 series, you know. Rack. This, and this is why I'm so much more interested in buying instruments now. Stra yeah, like I don't, I kind of don't care about audio equipment anymore. Yeah, only to the extent that I have to use it, and and which is often, but like, and I have great stuff. I'm lucky to have great stuff. But you know, once you hit a threshold, you you kind of it starts to wear off. That magic starts to wear off. Yeah. It does, and that you could that could be said about anything as a human, you know. Absolutely. Like, how many times have you gotten that thing that you were like, "Oh, you were going to be so gratified." By the end of the day, it's it's, it's old just news. another tool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just another tool. Yeah. I mean, and there are things to be said, and kind of about Steve's question, um, you know, at what point is you know does the better tool make the job easier or, or faster? And, and there is definitely some action in that. I mean, if you have a $50 mic amp versus a $200 mic amp, there's a huge difference there, right? And, and then a $200 to $500. It's, it just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And all that to say, I think it just makes your life uh, easier in the sense that... Um, you don't have to fight so hard for sound. You know, kind of to a point of yours from a couple episodes back, all you want are two or three or four really good channels. Because mm -hmm. you don't need anything outside of that. I'm not recording full bands, and if I was, I would just be coming to you. Right. But <laughs> but if you can just get a succinct, you know, I got a really nice mic amp, a good EQ, and a good compressor, that's, that's most everything you're ever going to need. 
unless you're running a facility like I am or like Steve is or or any of our other friends. But like, yeah, if for the home recordist, there's a, there's a point at which diminishing returns kick in really quick because you're now you're exceeding the value of the of the uh, uh, conversion point. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a good one too. Is like you every studio or every anything like this is going to have like a the the weak point right you know like if it doesn't make sense to have amazingly nice preamps and mics if you're going into crappy conversion yeah yeah if you're going into 50 cent conversion yeah right who who out there is making just out of curiosity who out there is making good affordable conversion these days well i would i would uh, like an all in the one like I know a lot of people are using the Focusrite stuff. Yeah, Universal Audio makes a great conver- converter, I think. Um, or like the Apollo? I, yeah, stuff. at the very least, it's a very good one. You I've know. been happy with... Yeah. I mean, I could tell a difference. I jumped... No shade to Apogee, but I jumped from an Apogee duet yeah. to an X6, an Apollo X6. Yeah, that's a pretty big jump. It's a considerable jump. Yeah. It was going from like a Scarlet 2i2 you know, to yeah. something like that. And I know we're getting in the weeds on kind of specific brand and, and number of things here but we're, we're definitely dealing with you know just a different level of quality and at some point like i don't think you're going to exceed the the conversion like the the value of the conversion of something like a ua converter it's great and they have a lot of options now like the little volts yeah like the, it's cool they've they've got a lot of equipment at a lot of different price points i think they've been really smart about that um and i'm not mad at focus right stuff either yeah. but you know it's well, just different and I'm positive that people from Universal Audio listen to this. So yeah. I want them to add Dante integration. Yeah, that would be huge for me, yeah. I, I think that would be huge for a lot of people. It's yeah. the future. You yeah. and I have said it's absurd if they come out with things in the future that don't have it available. Oh, yeah, I, I believe that. So, Or at least the access to some form of audio over Ethernet. Yeah. Everybody is moving in that direction. I yeah. mean, it's such a great protocol for things to talk in a single studio. Absolutely. It's great. The network, the joys of the network. Yeah. The question that well, I I don't know. I I feel like it's easy to get stuck thinking that you don't have the things that you need to do what you're that right. you want to do and it's just like, well, you got to start somewhere. You yeah. Start somewhere. And don't it, go into debt. Don't go into debt to do it if you can avoid it, but at some point, you know, if you get a little bit of success as a songwriter, you make a little bit of money. Okay, then update that one thing. Just and again, be mindful of what you're spending your money on, how you're spending it, and and make really smart choices. And this is why talk to your engineer producer buddies. They know. I mean, yeah. this is what they do. Yeah. So at some point, we'll all give you recommendations about things that we love or that are part of our workflow that um, are really, you know, nice on price. Yeah, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. Uh. Well, thanks, Steve B. Thanks, Steve B. We appreciate you. Yeah. And everyone else. And Steve S. He was cool, too. <laughs> everyone who has written into the podcast, we thank you for your fan mail. But yes. please, please stop. It's overwhelming <laughs> us. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Aaron Newberry. I'm Michael Trepanier. Take it easy. See ya.